I'm going to preach a little while out of Acts 9 this morning. And uh, I'd just kind of like to share with you how good God's been over these many years. My vision for this church, when I started it 29 years ago, was a double-wide trailer, someone behind the tracks, that you need a GPS to find it. But this is what God has done. Not what the Wolfenbarger clan has done. This is what God has done. And marvelous in his sight. I'm going to preach to you today on the thought from that to this. I think that's me when I had hair. And I think I was preaching at the first anniversary under a tent. And that pulpit is the pulpit that's in our Spanish church today. And when I started the church, uh, I was in evangelism. And I would go uh, preach a revival meeting for a week and bring the offering back and put in this church and stay here a week. And during that week, my wife and I would uh, take a 16-foot trailer that we bought to haul firewood in. And the week that I was home, she and I and Amanda would go to Walnut Springs and buy two and a half cords of wood and bring it to the Metroplex and sell it and put the money in the church. And the next week I'd go out for a revival meeting and I'd preach a meeting and whatever the offering was, we'd bring it back and put it in the church. And God has brought us from that to this. For you educated folk, isn't God great? Or we rednecks, ain't God good? Do you know where the term redneck came from? I bet you thought it was Mississippi. But it was not. It came from the coal mines in West Virginia. When the coal miners were fighting the Union. And they were trying to become unionized because of the owners were taking advantage of the workers. And they marched across Virginia into North Carolina and Tennessee, forming an army all the way down to fight the fight. And the way they identified themselves with the red hankies that they wore around their neck. That's why they call them rednecks. You don't learn another thing from being here today. Your day is not wasted. From that to this, I read for you out of the book of Acts, chapter number 9. And I read, and Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest. There's your biblical bin Laden. 
compared to the original ISIS crowd. Religiously bent on destroying everything else except his religion. His name is Saul. His later name was changed to Paul, who authored over one half of the New Testament. The greatest soul winner, probably the greatest theologian, without a doubt a great preacher. And the father of missions as we know it today. And here he is, breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the children of God. And the Bible says, and he desired of him and desired of them letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way or believers in Christ, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. Suddenly, a flash of lightning is sudden. Not here, and go. Sudden. Unannounced, uninvited. Paul was on his way to Damascus to incarcerate Christians and even kill them. And on his way to Damascus, doing what he thought was right, fulfilling the hate in his heart that he had for God's people. Suddenly, a lightning bolt from heaven hit him and knocked him off his high horse. <laughs> and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Saul had heard the voice of religion. He had heard the voice of Moses speaking through the law, but he had never heard the voice of God. The voice that stood out on the ledge of nothing and spoke and everything you and I see suddenly came into existence. The voice that spoke to Moses out of that burning bush and said, Moses, take off your shoes because the ground you're standing on is holy ground. The voice that walked up to the cave and said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out of the grave, bound hand and foot. See, here is a God-hater, a Christian-hater, a Bible-hater, an agnostic, an atheist, a religionist, bent on destroying the cause of Christ and suddenly shooting from the throne room of Almighty God a bolt of lightning and knocked that proud, arrogant, Christian-hating Jew off his horse and on his back. <laughs> that might do something for you. In verse number 5, and he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, 
whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? From verse 1 to verse 6. From that, threatening out slaughters and threatenings and foaming out hate and hatred and disgust to the Lord. What would thou have me to do? How do you get from that to this? You say, well, I don't hate God. Yeah, but all of us have been walking around spewing out threatens of what we're going to do. Not asking God about it. This is what we're going to do. Uh, this is who I'm going to marry. A little later on, this is who I wish I had not to marry. Threatenings and against God. This is what I'm going to do. How do we get from pride and arrogance and self-conceit to Lord? What would thou have me to do? I think if we looked at it a little bit, do I have some more pictures up there from that to this? If I don't, Andrew's been up there goofing around. Now, I want you to notice, there is the beginning of the Joshua Baptist Church. That's where we lived 29 years ago. And that's where we started it. Ain't that a good-looking booger? Yes, look at all that dark hair. It's that woman's fault right back there. She cuts all the color off my hair every time I pay her to cut my hair. From that to this. Boy, that's almost, that's a bad picture. When I was in the, <laughs> Robin Hood, we're safe. Yes, sir. From that to this. And let me help you. Thank you so very much for helping me to raise my kids. Thank you so very much for teaching a class, for babysitting, for loving. And this is them. Oh, Andrew, got a boy in his hand to that. That's what 29 years will do for you. Ain't God good? Let me say with that picture, this is the best place in the world I know to raise kids. Did you hear me? This is the best place in the world to raise kids. We'll take care of your kids. We'll protect your kids. If you'll let us, we'll help you train your kids. If you'll let us, we'll love your kids. If you'll let us, we'll sacrifice for your kids. This is a good place to raise a family. From that to this. They say that it's 
true, and I've been a dog breeder for 50-some years. They say that a dog ages seven times faster than a human being. I don't know about that, but I know when Andrew was small, I'd give him a pup, and pretty soon the pup was bigger than he was. And pretty soon the pup was worth some money, and that's when I took the pup back and sold it and gave Andrew another pup. That's why he drools a lot. But if that be so, then a 7-year-old dog is actually 70 years in our age bracket. Our church is 29 years old. I do not know if a church ages according to a dog or a human being. But regardless of what it might do, our church is either 29 years old or 203 years old. A comedian was, was asked, what would you like people to say about you when you are 100 years old? He said, I would like them to say you look good for your age. Joshua Baptist Church, you look good for your age. But may I say, one person who is called pastor did not get us here. If you look back over the years, a lot of wonderful, wonderful people have got us from point A to point B. Many of them are not here any longer. I do not know why they're here, why they're not here. I wish they were here. And if they came back, they would be welcome, regardless. I believe in restitution. I believe in forgiveness. I believe in love. And I believe in heaven. Many of us are going to spend a lot of time in the apology pen for why we didn't get it right down here. But a lot of people have got us from point A to point B. My wife and I have sat in the office with tears in our eyes, wondering how we're going to do what we've set out to do. We sat in that building down there called the Spanish Church now, and oh, how wonderful it was. Our people built that church in six months from start to finish. We worked day and night on that building, and we finished that building in six months. I went to the bank and borrowed a quarter of a million dollars, and we built that building. Then we issued a million dollars worth of church bonds and had a half a million in the bank and started on this building here, which we did not build for a million and a half. We were $300,000 short when we got through. I think Billy and Brother Pickett spent it on McDonald hamburgers. And we're in that building, and our payment has grown from 2500 a month to 3000 a week. 
And we're in that building paying for this building, which wasn't done. Many Mondays, when the offering was counted, I'd see tears in my wife's eyes, worrying how we're going to do it. Are we going to make it stretch? Is it going to work out? Joshua Baptist, you look pretty good for your age. We just finished a $3 million building and paid for it. Joshua Baptist, you look pretty good for your age. Oh, the people, the wonderful people that spiritual victories that have been won around these altars and the altars at the old church and the altars in the storefront the decisions that has has been made meeting in the storefront sitting on slick folding chairs we did not know you were not supposed to armor all metal folding chairs And the Mexican boy from, from Mexico who was helping Lanny in the missions work, he'd clean our building. He, he just thought everything ought to be shiny. Man, we were slipping and sliding that morning in church. Anybody of you remember that? I forget who was playing the piano, but they slid almost all the way to the highway when she hit the piano stoop. <laughs> oh, but I'd preach the word of God and God would get a hold of that little crowd and folks would flood the altar being saved and saved right with God we just put a sign out front Gene Wolfenbarger Joshua Baptist Church folks started coming nothing we did folks just kept coming and we just kept building they just kept coming. They just kept building. He just kept preaching. They just kept coming. To God be the glory. Great thing he has done. And there's been scores of folks who've knelt at these altars over these years and stood up embracing a wonderful Savior. Oh, we look back at the lives that has been changed. Many of you don't know him. He was my associate for five years. Dear friend of my wife and I. My wife and Miss Nancy prayed this church into being. Two women prayed that I'd come off the road and start a church. Well, Bobby was a West Texas, rough cowboy. And I told him I was going to start a church, and he said, Preacher, I can't do anything, but if I'm going to be there, I've got to be doing something. If it's nothing but cleaning the toilet, Preacher, let me clean toilets so that I'll have a ministry for the Lord. He cleaned toilets. 
and got fungus in one of his eyes and it ate his eye out. And I seen him go through pain that I don't think I could have handled. Never a bad spirit, never blamed God. He and I were so in touch one morning I was singing a song big sissy like me and I broke down and started crying while I was singing. He's sitting behind me. He just ran over and pushed me to the side and he finished the song, Never Missed a Word. Lives has been changed. He called me one morning and said, Preacher, I guess I better quit. I said, Why? He said, I had a fight last night. I said, Oh, what happened? He said, well, I was putting gas in the car up in Decatur. And two smart mouths walked by and said something. I just whooped both of them. I said, well, did you do a good job, Bobby? He said, well, one of them's in the hospital. I said, that's good. You don't have to quit. <laughs> Changed lives. Changed lives. Joe's a changed man. Joe Nichols is a changed man. You say he's rough. No, you don't know rough. You should have seen him before we got him. I don't like him. I don't like him. You know, he told me this morning he didn't like you. <laughs> Isn't that a coincidence? No, no matter what you like him or not, God has changed lives. I've changed lives. We've been working on Brother Pickett all these years. We're praying one day God would change lives. What's this place all about? Somehow or another, we've got to get from that to this. And it takes God to make the difference. The Lord Jesus makes a difference. This is not my church. This is his church. My wife and I don't own one thing in this place. When we started this church, we gave the church its first PA set. Oh, it's first piano. It's all belongs to God. None of it. I know Brother Wimbar. He probably owns a bunch of that church down there. Just at Bills. For probably ten years, this church is under my social security number. See, I've been paying your taxes. You just better straighten out. Lives that have been changed. Marriage, he said, have been saved. Prodigal children that have come home. I thank you. I can ask you to pray for our children and you not be critical. I thank you, those of you who prayed for our children and prayed out of pure care and not criticism. It's a good place to raise kids. Look at the bad habits that have been broken, all because of an old, straight, narrow, legalistic preacher who still believes it's wrong to get drunk, who still believes in the power of God to deliver us from habits that is not conducive. And think of the sacrifices of those Christians in the early days 
in the early days when it was hard, in the early days when we didn't have uh, a bank uh, balance, in the early days when uh, everything had to be prayed for and everything was a sacrifice. You know, don't take for granted where you are today. We didn't start being 29 years old and having to insure $8.5 million worth of buildings. This is a good place to raise your kids. Well, I think she looks pretty good for the age she is, don't you? Could I please help you a little bit? Joshua Baptist Church has gone through lots of change over the years. Showed you just a few of them. We talk about the physical properties, but that's not what the church is all about. The church has gone through spiritual growth. Spiritual growth. Listen to me, and I want you to be real careful. And I want you to understand what I'm talking about. I'm a Baptist. You don't have to worry about next week me being a some kind of else. I'm a Baptist. Everything on me is Baptist. When I got baptized, I got baptized all over. And I'm a Baptist. This is a Baptist church. We're not ashamed of the name. It's on the sign. It's on everything we've got. We are Baptist. Now, do you have any idea why we're Baptist? Because I believe Baptist is right. Now, if Baptist is right, everybody else is wrong. Amen. You say, well, preacher, that's extreme. Well, I'd rather be extremely right as extremely wrong. Please now. I don't mean just Baptists going to heaven. I don't think half of them are going. But there's only one book. There's only one way. There's only one Savior. And he started one church. I'm sorry. That's just what the Bible says. And I, I'm not ashamed of that. And so, you don't have to worry about us changing because if we we're right, change would be wrong. Now, I like the old song. You say, why? Because I'm an old man. And they've been working a long time. Now, I like the old kind of worship. Why? I'm an old man. And they've been working a long time. I just don't know what this new kind of worship is going to produce. You said, I do. No, you don't, because it's not done. This Fifth Avenue kind of religion is going to wear off because it is a religion. I was trying to find something about Alaska the other night on television, and I come across this preacher who was saying, what you need is a $1,000 seat offering. A thousand dollar seat offering, thousand dollar seat offering, a thousand dollar seat offering. Probably in an hour, he mentioned a thousand dollar seat offering several times. 
He said a lady came to him and said, Preacher, I don't have a thousand dollar seat on. He said to her, The reason you don't have a thousand dollar seat offering because God don't know what you will do with it. God don't know what you'll do with it. If everything is right now with God, why don't he know it? And then he said, keep him cards and letters coming, friends. And I'm looking for 1,000 people who will send us a $1,000 seat off. folk think watching that nut who wasn't screwed on to the right bolt missed God don't know what you'll do with it <laughs> well he knew who would be born again from the foundation of the world and he knew when he created Adam that Adam was going to need some help and he ordained a second atom. Dear Lord, give me a break. <laughs> Spiritual growth. Our churches had numerical growth and ministerial hope, and it's time to quit. <laughs> well, let me say this to you. And I'm, I'm done. Shoot, you can't never tell. We might just... Open a keg of nails after a while. Joshua Baptist Church remains a place, an institution dedicated to change. Let me give them to you. Changing a sinner into a saint. Hmm? That first beginning there, that little house my wife and I were living in, there was two soul winners, members of that church. Two people who knocked on doors and invited people to be saved. Two people. And it's gone from that to probably every week we knock close to a thousand doors. Sharing the good news with Jesus Christ. This is not a place to run around in our dress brigade. This is a place to carry the unsearchable riches of God's gospel to hell-bound sinners who needs to be changed from that to this. Our church is dedicated, bless your heart, to change, of change and bless your heart, a message from law to love. It's okay to love folk. We're not here to legalize your life. We're here to love you. And we're here to share the love of God with you so that you can share the love of God with somebody else. Well, preacher, what do you think about long hair? If I could grow it, I'd grow it. Well, preacher, what do you think about wearing shorts? I wear them everywhere. What do you think about mixed swimming? I don't even go swimming anymore. 
I use our pool for a chigger deterrent. I keep it doped up strong. When I come in from coon hunting, I jump in the pool and it kills every chigger only. If there's somebody in the pool, they get my chiggers. <laughs> Why, preacher, what do you think about mixed bathing? Me and my wife, we don't mix bathe. She takes a shower in her shower, and I take a shower in my shower. Now, when I was a kid, we used to mix bathe. But since I was the oldest, I always got the water the third time. In a ten, number ten wash tub. Jesse got first, see so you got second, and I've been sucking. I've been last for a long time. We're not here to legal uh, to uh, give you a, a set of rules to live by. You got a Bible. Read it. Digest it. Love it. Then live it. We're dedicated to changing sinners to saints and a message from law to love and, uh, and to speak about works. But oh, isn't the grace of God wonderful? We're not here to legislate to you. I'm not here to give you my opinion. I'm here to give you God's truth. And I really don't care about your opinion. You say, well, my granddaddy. I, well, I don't care what your granddaddy thought. You said, you, what about, he was a Baptist. I don't care if he baptized many times. He's had poles are familiar with his social security number. I preached a book, not what your granddaddy loves. This church stands for the truth, the truth of God's word. And it preaches the gospel to sinners. It preaches love to saints. It preaches grace. It preaches truth. That's my kind of church. Can anybody say amen? Now I'm going to cut out all the message and give you my conclusion. Paul was a persecuting Religious terrorist. That's what he was. If you would see Paul dressed before he met Christ, he'd probably resemble some of the folks that you see on your six o'clock news. Hooded. Sword. Hate-filled. And he met our Savior. And he got knocked off his high horse. And by the way, many of us need to be knocked off ours. Because somebody said, in me, that is my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Thank God we're just all sinners saved to grace. Are you glad of that? Uh, wouldn't it be nice to be saved and have hair, Brother Terry? Amen. But you know, hair was a lot of trouble to me. Had to comb it. Had ducktails. And Paul now has been knocked off his religious high horse 
And from the flat of his back, he's forgotten all about his hate, his law, his education, his pride and his arrogance. And laying flat of his back after he met the Savior. See, God went hunting the hunter. And when God found the hunter, he knocked his prey to his back. And this proud, arrogant religion said, Lord, what that have we to do? Have you ever heard the voice of God and responded humbly? thou have me to do. I know you've heard a thousand jokes about people dying, going to heaven, meeting St. Peter at the pearly gate, right? You know that's fiction. <laughs> so a fellow died and went to heaven, walked up to the gate, said, I'd like to come in. Peter said, no, no, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. wait. To get in heaven, you've got to have a hundred points. And let me tell you the point system. And the guy said, well, let me tell you how good I've been. The guy said, you know, I've been a member of the same Baptist church for 40 years. Hadn't missed a service. You can show him the lapel. It looked like it had 17 world wars with all those hatches. St. Peter said, well, that's good. That's worth five points. God said, five points, 40 years in church. Five points. The guy said, well, I sung in the choir faithfully, didn't miss a time. He said, well, that's good. I'm proud. That's two points. You've got seven. God said, I raised a good family. And all my kids are in church. Every one of them, every one of them. He said, that's good. That's five points. He said, well, I was baptized. He said, that's one point. The guy said, man, looks like the only way in the world that I'm going to get to heaven is by the grace of God. Peter said, come on in. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by his mercy, he saved us. And when you get to the end of yourself realizing that you ain't good enough, ain't got enough, ain't never going to get good enough, you're just going to have to say, well, if I get to heaven, it'll be by God's grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. That's what this church stands for. That's what this church is starting to do. By the help of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God and the power of God till Jesus comes. It'll be crying from the top of his voice, for by grace are you saved. Not of works, lest any man should 